News Talk ZB and the New Zealand Herald present Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, demystifying your finances. Hi, I'm Francis Cook. Welcome to the show. New Zealanders have a love affair with housing. It's true, owning your own home gives you security. And if you pay it off before retirement, your golden years should be a lot easier. In comparison, many Kiwis are nervous of the share market. We were particularly badly burned by the 1987 crash, and that memory still haunts many people. Investment platforms Sharesies and the NZX's SmartShares have commissioned research from Colmar Brunton that shows, yes, we're a cautious bunch with the share market. Only 20% of New Zealanders own shares, compared to 31% of Aussies and over 50% of Americans. The biggest barriers were a belief that shares are for people with lots of money, the idea shares are particularly risky, a lack of spare cash and not knowing where to start. But the times do change, and so it's worth re-evaluating these old truisms. Housing is now getting further and further out of reach for many people. It's also not the solid, risk-free investment that many believe. It ties you to one place, and if you get into financial difficulty, you have to sell the whole thing or risk the bank taking it off you. It's also tougher to make a profit. Meanwhile, the share market has had an overhaul since 1987, with tougher rules. It's arguably a better investment for young people as you need far less cash than a house deposit, and it won't tie you to one location early in life. So, what's holding us back? News Talk ZB presents Cooking the Books with Francis Cook, boosting your business confidence. I'm joined now by Sonia Williams, co-founder of Sharesies. So you got together with SmartShares at NZX, and the two of you commissioned Colmar Brunton to do some research into New Zealand attitudes into the share market. And what you found so interesting, not only do most of us not invest directly into shares, um, 72% of us leave it in a savings account. What's happening? Why are people going for a savings account over shares? So the largest reason for that, I guess, that came through was that a lot of people felt like they didn't have enough cash to spare. So they thought that you needed a lot of money to start investing. Mm. As well, um, people just didn't know how. And there's a perception as well that investing is really risky. Mm. That's really interesting. And yeah, certainly that idea that you need to be rich, that fascinates me. And I would strongly disagree. But there does seem to be this cultural difference, doesn't there, where you found only 20% of New Zealanders got into shares. Meanwhile, the Aussies, 31% of them own some shares, and the Americans are super into it, over 50% of them. So did the research give you any insights into why New Zealanders are particularly gun-shy? I think that was one of the um, like surprising things that came out. And then when you compare that, as you mentioned, across the other regions. So one in five Kiwis have shares. And I think it comes back to those key things that most commonly, like the way we've looked at investing has been property. It's a lot of the education. We're kind of always told to save up and buy a house. That's a lot of how we share information. But there's not that same kind of sharing or discussion around investing in shares. So 60% of us don't feel knowledgeable enough to start investing. Mm. There's also that perception you need heaps of money. And I think because we're not talking about it and because we don't feel knowledgeable about it, we do see it as riskier as buying a house compared mm. to buying a house. Whereas like in the States and in Aussie, people aren't necessarily born thinking that they'll buy a house. 
at some point. Um, whereas in New Zealand, we're only kind of shifting towards that now for the majority. Yeah. Which, yes, as our housing market goes crazy, yeah, I yeah. think a, a lot more people are reckoning with the idea of what do you do and what does your future look like if you haven't bought a home the way a lot of people have thought. And I think it's funny because every time I do an episode on shares and the share market, I at minimum will get one email, bare minimum, talking to me about the 1987 crash and it's so risky and, oh, yeah, the 1987 crash was terrible, but also things have changed a lot since then. And I would actually argue that for a lot of people, personal situation will dictate, but for a lot of people, shares can be a less risky option than housing. I think our faith in housing is maybe slightly misplaced. But yeah, so you found that people like the idea of investing in housing obviously quite expensive. Home ownership rates are going down at the moment. Do you own a home? And where do shares fit in to that idea of your future and home ownership for you? Yeah, so um, it's really interesting to say that one of the things that came out of the study was that 50% of people believe that investing in housing is not as risky as the share market. And I think for me, yes, I do. I own a home with my partner. And that's kind of what led to wanting to invest. So I had been paying off my mortgage for a while. I then thought, oh, how can I do something else like with the smaller amounts of money that I'm getting in um, at the end of like the pay month, whatever, and um, started talking to my friends about investing and uh, realized that not many of my friends did uh, invest. And I started doing research online about how to invest and it just felt like there was way too much jargon. So that's kind of like part of how the idea for Sharesies came about was wanting to invest and wanting to invest with small amounts of money. So now it does, it plays a big part in, in what I do. I invest every every payday a certain amount that I um, feel comfortable with, and I just kind of build it up over time. And through that, I've learned a lot uh, about investing, and also I think it's also helped with the discussion with my friends who are also now investing on Sharesies. We can talk about, you know, what we put our money into and, and what, whether it's gone up or down. We obviously talked when you guys first came out to the market what have you, you've been in existence a year now? Yeah, yeah. So we've been out just over a year. That's incredible. And for those who didn't listen to that episode where we talked about sharesies coming onto the market and how it was all going, it's the idea of this uh, $5 minimum to invest into some share funds, index funds. And it's really interesting because just like you were saying with investing every payday, it creates that idea that you can do small amounts frequently. It's the idea of installment investing where you buy in a little bit a lot which is often a very low risk strategy that a lot of personal finance people will recommend for people who are wanting to spread their risk across time so I, I love the idea of that what's funny is people seeing shares as being for rich people I would say the barriers for entry to housing, we're actually a lot higher. Getting together that deposit, particularly if you're in Auckland, good luck to you. But, you know, we talk about the liquidity of an investment, and that is just how easily can you turn it into cash. Housing, very difficult to turn into cash. You basically sell the whole thing or not at all versus selling a few shares if you hit a rough patch. And as well, since 1980, I actually had a little look around some really interesting figures. New Zealand shares on average since 1980 
have returned just over 11% um, per year. That's on average. That's over a few decades. Meanwhile, house prices over that same period went up 8.4%. So, and you've also got to sell to get that money. I don't know. What do you make of the housing versus shares mentality? Does it frustrate you a little sometimes? I think, first of all, I, I think it would in that it makes it feel like it's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Whereas one of the best things you can do is, is um, spread your money around <laughs> if, you're, if you're really worried about the risk of things. Mm. It's having a finger in you know, all the pies yes. <laughs> or as many that you can. Um, so I think that's the first thing is it's not an and or scenario. But I, I do think that people are more likely to invest in things they feel comfortable in. And I think one thing that we found out through our research was that people did like the tangible nature of a house. You can see it. You know, you feel like you've owned something, even if it goes down in value. Mm-hmm. Um, you've still got a place to live. I also think owning a home isn't just about an investment. It's a lifestyle yeah. choice. So um, I also think what's really cool about trying to, um, you know, grow the, grow the understanding of sh- investing in shares is another option to grow your wealth, is also providing people whose housing doesn't fit in your lifestyle because that's mm. also something that's, very, that's happening now. So you can, give this, you can have this opportunity to grow your wealth without that looking like housing if you don't actually want to buy a house. But also can start investing in shares if you want to do that too. Yeah, I I obviously quite like the share market and I think it's easier to dabble in than a lot of people think. But obviously, as you say, like everything with money, there's a bit of homework involved and it's it's getting to know what you're Mm. getting into, incredibly important. So what's one thing that you really like about the share market and what's maybe something that you think people should be careful about? The thing I like about it is that it offers another way to grow your wealth. Mm. I think as well, it's pretty, it's really, really interesting. So you're learning, like, as you say, about housing or any investment, you, you start keeping an eye on that market and you learn a bit about it. If you are going to a bunch of open homes, you can walk into a house and then go, I get a sense of how much this house is worth because you've acquired that knowledge. Mm. The share market's kind of the same where, you know, you might see something in the news and then you see how that impacts your shares. And it just is a little bit more interesting. You've, you've gathered something more about the news and now it's relevant to you because you've got money invested there too. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really like how interesting it is and also how accessible it is now. The other thing, I guess, to be something to be aware of would be the investing amount that you're comfortable with. Yes. That's, that's really important because you will feel more risk if your shares are going down that week or that month, if, if it's all your money. So you can invest in amount you're comfortable with, build that up, get your nerves in, understanding how the market works and things like that before you then are committing bigger amounts of money. Mm. Um, so one thing that was interesting out of the research was that three out of five New Zealanders said that they could invest $5 a week without changing their lifestyle. So um, That's a coffee. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, that's a coffee and investments. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> so... Um, so that's without changing the lifestyle. So I think those important lessons that you can learn with a small amount are invaluable. Yeah, yeah. And you, you start to, yeah, dip your toe and start to dabble. I mean, it is something where knowledge is power. And I mean, we've seen a few words of caution that maybe a downturn is coming. I think people have been expecting a downturn in the share market for the last three years and it just hasn't turned up. And how do you think we should start getting people more comfortable with the idea of the share market? How do we educate people about it so that they do feel comfortable having those first few, you know, 
coffee-sized investments. <laughs> yeah, and I think um, it is important that that's part of investing. That's how markets behave. They go up and down over time. Um, I think the most important things around that are making sure you're diversified, so having your money spread across a bunch of things, making sure you've you've picked an investing time frame that that's right for you. So most of the investments that we have are around like five or ten years, um, and it's all kind of written in the disclosure statements before you invest around what type of time frame you might be looking for for that investment. Mm. Another kind of the way that we've built our platform is around this idea of dollar cost averaging. So um, investing when you buy shares and you're investing over time, you might buy it at one price and then the next week it might go down and then you're buying it at that price and then it might go up even more and you're buying it at that price. But overall it averages out, so you pay an average price for a share. Gotcha. Um, so that kind of helps as well, smooth that out and, and make sure you're, you are know, you kind of can weather those storms a bit more. I mean, for as much as you can say without getting into commercially sensitive issues. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, when you first came on and you were just getting to know your customers and you said there's been this huge demand for ethical funds, mm-hmm. which I think is quite indicative of the millennial generation that is coming through that is looking at investment. They often say that it's really important to them. They want those ethical investment options. So you've brought those in now. Mm-hmm. What else is in the future for you guys? What else do you see people wanting? Yeah, um, <clears throat> it is really interesting. And uh, I think for the ethical funds, people couldn't f- picture like their future, their financial future, without thinking the type of world you want to live in at that time. And I think it also gives more power to, um, more purchasing power. So you kind of are investing in the things that you want to see exist as well. Um, so now what we're seeing coming through is more interest in themed type investments. So um, like technology or health or just different industries. And so that's coming through. And as well, um, there's been a global trend to like invest in, say, female-founded companies. or So that you can kind of have these themes on uh, different types of I want of that. ETFs. I want to invest in that. <laughs> so, um, the future is female. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's really interesting around... Um, because people like to invest in, in, in what they like and, and what they know, and, and that's all part of it too. Interesting. So are you looking at bringing in more funds along those sorts of lines? Yeah, we are always um, kind of – so our whole thing is that we want someone with $50 to have the same investment opportunities as someone with 50000 yeah. and there is so much in that. Um, and so we're always uh, pushing for what types of investments we have on the platform and broadening that. Oh, well, very interesting. I can't wait to see where else you guys go with it. Thank you so much. That's Sonia Williams from Sharesies. And lots of interesting info to digest from this interview. So if you have a question about it or something you'd like me to put into a future podcast episode, do get in touch. I'm on Facebook at Francis Cook Journalist, Twitter at Francis Cook, and Instagram at Francis Cook NZ. Don't forget to subscribe at Apple Podcasts and iHeartRadio. While you're there, you can always leave a five-star review if you felt so inclined. And until next time, have a great day. And that's Francis cooking up your business confidence for another week on News Talk ZB.